0: I have, it's, this is going to be one of those shows that you're going to listen to a couple of times because it's going to be a mental mind shift, I think, for lots of us. And I have with me today uh, Kiner, Connor Steinbrook. How you doing this morning, Connor? Doing well. Thanks for having me on your show, man. Oh, thank you very much. So uh, I've promised a lot already, so I set the bar relatively high for both of us, which is, <laughs> which is okay. Um, You okay. Know, why don't you introduce everybody to who you are and, and a little bit of back, about your backstory, and then, then we'll jump into sort of the topic at hand.
1: Hi guys, my name is Connor Steinberg. I'm an entrepreneur out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. A lot of y'all know me for the YouTube channel I built called Investor Army. Uh, from what they're telling me, it's it's one of the fastest growing in the country. And we may talk a little bit about how I stumbled into that today, but I'm also a real estate investor out of Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas. Done a lot in the real estate investing side. Uh, you know, I ran a wholesaling business um, years ago, moved into flipping houses. Then I moved into more passive income streams, rentals and notes in the note space. And uh, Went into the internet marketing space. And now a lot of people know me as well for, for the eXp really team that I'm building across the country. And uh, maybe we can talk about my story here, kind of how I got into that. And because it, it kind of all dominoed, you know, felt like dominoes step by step by step, which is just an important thing to uh, understand as an entrepreneur. When you jump in there, opportunities start coming. And as you're in the game every single day, you can kind of see the openings and you kind of seize the moment. And so uh, opportunities follow opportunities. So a lot of the things I'm doing now were never in my goals, were never on my vision list, were never something I was attempting to do. And that's not where I was going, but it just happened to be that I pivoted and, and took advantage of the opportunities that came to me.
0: Yeah, and, and again, you're gonna be dropping so many nuggets, I always take a chance to sort of step back. First is, being in the business, you went through a natural progression, right? You said wholesaler to flipper, flipper to buy and hold, buy and hold the notes, right? You were, right. you're sort of very active, right? Wholesaling is sort of short, short-term think days and weeks. Flipping is kind of months, right? Buy and hold is maybe years or decades and notes is the ultimate sort of true mailbox Mm -hmm. money.
1: Um, Right, 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 right. Yeah. So I like to give the analogy for most entrepreneurs. They take that step up, that ladder up. It's kind of like the, um, those posters with the, the, you know, caveman to, (laughs) or monkey, the caveman to Neanderthal to human being. And you just kind of step your up, step your way up the ladder, but it's so important. We're going to talk about today. I think, um, a lot of transitioning from your active or transactional income streams to your passive income and equity models, because it's very tough to have personal success to hit your big, big goals and big visions. And so when we're a child, we all have big goals. We think, ourselves, think of ourselves in the future of having this and going this direction. And as we go through life, we get beat up. We have bad relationships, bad breaks, start a business that hurts. And so we kind of go back into recluse into the cave. And it's so important to understand that if you're trading time for income, through only a job, through only selling real estate, through only wholesaling, or you're not leveraging equity and cash flow, you're gonna have a hard time scaling past that hundred to $200,000 income. And so I say personal success is success that you create on your own. Real success is success you create through other people's money, other people's time, other people's technology, assets, equity, cash flow. And so, yeah, so if you wanna dig in, I can kind of- <coughs> Yeah, that's, that's where, you, you
0: got it. You knew exactly where I was going <laughs> next. Let's 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 share.
1: Yeah, so, so a lot of people kind of go out there and dig around and start to see my story. I have a really weird background. It was, once again, it's just something that just happened to me. So I was off at college in uh, 2003 and what happened was a man named Chris Moneymaker, uh, if y'all remember, the poker boom happened and he put $40 into a poker site and won a $10,000 main event seat to that big tournament you guys watch on WSOP every summer on ESPN. Yeah, And he eat all the professional poker players in the world. I believe there's over 2,000 of them. And what happened was he made a couple million dollars and it started a poker boom and every college kid uh, in America's head exploded because they're, <laughs> like, right? they're like, I got $40, I want to yeah. make millions of dollars. If this guy who's an accountant from, I think he was Tennessee, who wasn't a professional, can beat professionals, they saw that there is an opportunity for them as well. But what really happened is uh, guys, technology infused itself into a business model that wasn't traditionally there. And so uh, brick and mortar poker, very, very slow. We go to a casino, cost of being in the casino is high. You're having to pay a rake, pay the, the waiters and waitresses, pay the overhead office. So they're taking a lot of money out of the pot. Plus the time to deal the hand was very, very slow, very, very slow to deal it, moving the chips around. So you couldn't play a lot of hand volume. What the internet did and what online poker happened to do for uh, young individuals was it allowed leverage and scalability. And you could play multiple tables at once. And each table you could play more hands than you could on one table in comparison from live to online. And so it created the ability to diversify and spread your risk and variance out across large hand volumes. So it allowed people to make money and treat it like a job mm. and not, not so much as gambling. So, you know, I did very, very well in that. And from 2003 to 2011, that's how I made my, my income. And what happened was 2011, y'all remember April 15th, they called it Black Friday and the government, the United States Department of Justice, sees full tilt poker and poker stars. And there's a lot going on, you know, really the true story is, hard to understand, but I think the sites were money laundering, maybe running Ponzi's who who knows, but they shut them down for certain reasons. And so overnight, what happened to me was I learned the two hardest lessons of my life. I learned that having one income stream is incredibly risky and I need multiple streams of income. And I learned I had no passive income. And when, when those sites got taken away from me, my life got taken away. And I I didn't have that business maturity and self-discipline to put money away. So if a lot of y'all are young entrepreneurs, do not spend that money, don't, don't go do what people do when they get new money. I know it's fun to go out and have parties and travel and do all that, but you're gonna be around a long time on this earth. And the, the sooner you start putting that money into investments earlier, if you can have a little bit of discipline, instead of having one Lamborghini a day, you can have one every day of the week later in your life. right? And so what happened to me was I, I, I realized that poker was done and I need to, to kind of grow up and find a real industry to go in. So I started looking at the entrepreneurs that I used to take the money from at high stakes poker that I was playing. And I said, how do these guys have 10, 20, $30,000 a week to lose with a smile on their face and seven days a week to lose it. And I started talking to a lot of these uh, gentlemen that were older than me. And they told me their stories and the similarities i found where they most of them more in real estate, owning apartments, storage units, rentals in the note space, some type of real estate. And so then I went down the process like most people do with rich dad, poor dad. And, and so I set out there in the pursuit of passive income and I wanted to buy rental properties but I didn't have a way to do it because I wasn't financeable at the time, excuse me. So I had to uh, jump into, I thought I was gonna start flipping houses. I was watching HGTV flipping (laughs) shows just like a lot of people do. And I said, wow, you know, I'm struggling right now. If I can just flip one or two houses, that's gonna make me 50 to 100 grand a year and that's all I need to do. So if I can just figure out how to flip one or two, I'll be okay. And so I kind of got suckered into that uh, seminar stage and I I got, i not going to give the name, but I got ripped off by one of the biggest names out there. Y'all all all know them. Uh, Just be very careful if you're going to go pay for education out there and vet these companies extremely well. And so I put up over 30 grand to join this company. They didn't help very much. And I literally remember going into debt. I had about 25, 26, $27,000 in my account at the time. I think I put up 35 grand and I I literally remember my hand shaking as I signed the contract saying, you're going to bet your entire life on this one. You know people make it in real estate all the time if someone else did it before i can do it too i'm a human being just like them as long as i work hard i'll make it happen and i uh, started out in debt and i went in more debt and before <laughs> i knew it i took out a $50,000 credit line and six months later i'd worked 100, 110 hour weeks literally every day without a day off living below my means and i still had not closed a deal and i was 65 grand debt and i literally had to get a job working for minimum wage to to kind of cover my bills and uh, I was working at sporting goods stores, trying to wholesale houses out of the bathroom stall to avoid my 18 year old boss catching me. <laughs> uh, they tell you that, you know, the day when you hit rock bottom and absolutely I remember it vividly. It still gives me goosebumps to think about it. And uh, two days before Christmas, I get my name called over to a, uh, the aisle where some kid had literally taken the top off 50,000 air, those airsoft plastic BBs and spilled them all over the floor. And my boss is 18 years old, didn't go to high or didn't go to college laughing at me, hands me a broom a sweet pants Says, sweep it up. And, uh, you know, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I made all this money in poker. You know, I was very successful. I had a business marketing degree out of college. And here I am, you know, in my late twenties working for nothing. How did, the, how did this happen? How do you go from here to here? And can I go from here to here as fast as I dropped mm-hmm. and you guys can turn around your life in, in a matter of a year or two, as well as fall apart in a matter of a year or two. And it's just the, the ability to hold on to your focus and, and your dreams and, and make sure you're going the right direction. So what happened to me is I ran out of money, but I had plenty of time. And this is so important for entrepreneurs to understand. You hear the excuses most of them make. I have a family. I have a job. I have no money or I'm in school. And these are just all limiting beliefs because it's as if nobody's ever built a business with a family, as if nobody's ever built a business with a job, you know. And so what happened was I had time. And so I started teaching myself internet marketing. And so I started watching YouTube videos and podcasts like this. And so I recluse myself for 16 hours a day and I would type until my hands would blow up like balloons. I would literally have ice packs on my hand while I was typing and I I learned SEO and uh, SEO marketing. A lot of y'all use investor care websites and I was early on uh, to to Trevor and Adrian and those guys and and utilize the skills or the tools that they gave us. And uh, I was able to build uh, some of the number one ranking websites in Dallas. We buy houses Dallas, sell my house fast Dallas and that's how I scale my business through internet marketing and Craigslist and other ways to do it on the internet, because I didn't have the money to, to pay for marketing. And one of the ways I did get my sites up was I linked private YouTube channels to the backside of my website, which pushed the optimization up because everybody knows Google acquired YouTube around the time I was doing this. And, and that was one of the ways I scaled the channel. And then I got, kind of got out there and started telling people my story. Well, we'll step back a little bit so that I used those strategies and I went on to, to go from, Making ten, less than $10 an hour to a year later, I closed two wholesale deals for, for almost $100,000 in a week. And that year, I closed, I think, over 30 transactions. And so I changed, changed my life through the wholesaling business. Then I went into flipping houses, getting bigger chunks of money. And, and now it's financeable. And now I started going and buying rentals as well as us learning about creative financing. And I realized rentals are, are uh, really good cash flow, but they're not so much passive. It's, it's still a business, and it's a great business. You're working for equity and cash flow. And so I wanted more passive income. So I started going into the note space and getting into the paper world and uh, started creating notes, selling notes. And so um, that transitioned me into people hearing my story. I was going to REI clubs and they wanted me to tell my story. And then I got on podcasts like this and I started getting flown around the country to speak at seminars. What happened was that, you know, I, I built my own podcast and my own YouTube channel investor army about two years ago because I learned the power of being on video it's no longer about what you know or who knows you, but or what you know or who you know, but who knows you. And and now two years later, we have one of the fastest growing YouTube channels in the country. And so that's kind of how the dominoes fell. And, and that's why I'm here today telling my story to you guys.
0: Yeah. So again, lo- lots of stuff to dig out there that I want to talk about. I'm, I'm If you see me writing, I am taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> so l- l- let's go back to the beginning of that, where you sort of had this um, this aha moment right after April 15th, you know, Black Friday or whatever, you know, whatever day poker disappears, income job goes away. Uh, And again, in fairness, poker could have been something you could do for years, right? It's not like football or basketball or something where you have a short window, right? Poker is more like golf where you in theory could have done it a long time if you were good at it, right? So I, I totally get that. That goes away. You, it's, I think it's pretty rare for someone that's having that going on to sort of step back and go, wow, I only had one income stream problem and none of it was passive. I, right. you, know, you, you clearly have a different way of looking at things and, that, and that's pretty powerful because I don't think many people would have had that moment. They would have, they would have lost themselves in misery and, and grinding and sort of self-talk or self-doubt. Um, any, I, where did that come from, right? When, for, to have that's just a different, you know, realization.
1: Well, I mean, it's just like, you know, sometimes what happens in life guys and a lot of you are going through this right now. And so I like to go out there and tell people my story because a lot of people want to know that you can crash and burn, but you can change your life and turn it around. Yeah, they want to have rise from the ashes, like a Phoenix story. And, um, when you're pinched up in a moment like that, and, and the whole world's falling down, guys. And I was at the point where I couldn't even feed myself. To to be honest, like the only thing I did for years was I reward myself on Sunday night by going to the dollar movie theater. And now I like to say now that I'm you know successful. Now I go to the big boy movie theater and get whatever snack I want because I used to sneak Walmart brand snacks in there. But at the time, guys, a lot of you are going through what you feel is a crisis, or you feel like you've been uh, given a bad blow on life. And what happens is it creates spider flight, um, adrenaline, survival. And uh, so example for if right now, if you jumped into the ocean or jumped into your pool and swam as long as you could and you timed yourself and you really gave it your your best effort, your hundred percent best effort, you're going to get X amount of time. But if I took you in a boat out in the ocean, I threw you in the water. I guarantee you when your life is on the line, you're going to swim longer than you did in the pool for comfort and security. And so what happened to me was the, the worst moment in my life. The absolute worst moment. I thought I was cursed. I thought the whole world, I would blame God. I blame the government. I blame my friends, my family, anybody but myself because I could have reinvested that money and done more with my time during that time. And was, I made the mistakes, but what we want to do is blame everybody else. But my biggest curse became my biggest blessing because it led me into a different industry. And so, right now, guys, if you are struggling and, and you're looking at real estate right now or you're looking at a different opportunity and you're struggling at something that's caused you to get to this point, Use that to propel you. Use that to provide energy for yourself And because when you're pushed up against the wall, you're going to have bursts of energy and bursts of momentum that you wouldn't have any other way because a lot of the things that I see most entrepreneurs uh, struggle with and why they fail at business is because they're too comfortable. They're have, making just enough money right now with a job or what they're doing that when things do get tough, they say it's too tough and they back off. When you have to burn those ships and you can't sail home and you have no choice but to win or, uh, or you basically go under – you're going to do something that you didn't think you could possibly do. And that's what happens to a lot of people. So it's good to have fear. Fear builds a business um, because it creates the energy that, that makes you put those long days in. Yeah.
0: So then you go from that sort of realization. You leverage relationships you made from your poker days, right? Other successful people who you were cleaning up. And you're going, what, what do they do? You see the similarities, right? Apartments, real estate. You dive into that, right? You go all out. You go into debt. You pay some guru who's... You know, their, their sole job is to sell education. That's worth nothing. Um, that hurts. That leaves a mark. Then you have to break down and go get a, you know, a, a you know, a, a job for minimum wage. And you're trying to wholesale in the back, doing it the hard way. And, right. and then at some point you realize you know what? Technology is there, you know, how, Absolutely. you know, tell us more about that kind of epiphany. Cause then again, you go, you go on this technology binge and, you know, 16 hour days and, you know, you're just going after it. Um, did you, did you, I guess, did you know, did you hope or were you just, what did you see in technology at the time? And when is this, is this like 2000? When is this eight, seven?
1: No, actually this is, this is back in uh, 2013, 2014 oh, 13, around. There. 14. Okay. So, so first I want to point out something here real quick. Cause guys, he brought up something important. So I, I saw successful people doing what I wanted to do. So when you, when you want to be successful guys, or you're starting a business anywhere, find the most successful people in the space that you're in and model them. They're a human being just like you. If they did it, you can do it. Just follow the, the steps, that they, the pieces of puzzle that they put in place ahead of you and do the same thing. Mm-hmm. But with the technology, what it does is it creates leverage, it creates scalability, and it creates the fastest way you can scale a business with the least amount of risk for the highest return on investment. And uh, I think just because, you know, I was, uh, and the other thing, what I look for guys is early adopter stages or trendsetter stages or what we call the millionaire maker stage. So if you all remember back in high school, those of you who are not sleeping, I like to say we, we were in economics and they taught us about the growth curve, the industry growth curve. And what that is, is is a representation of opportunity versus no opportunity in the marketplace of whatever you're doing. And so it's a it's an S, like a, the letter S, but it's stretched out. And what it shows is at the bottom of the curve is massive opportunity, early points, early entry to the market versus on the back end once the industry's kind of run its course. So no industry is going to scale forever. Well, let me take that. Some do, depending on what you're in, but most of them have a lifespan to them. And they could be three to five years, five to seven years, 10 to 12 years, whatever it is that the early adopters, which are the first five to 10% of growth. So companies grow very, very linear. It's a new uh, idea into the world. And most people are slow to adopt it. And those who jump in full speed and say, I see the vision of this. This could be huge long-term, and they put the time in early, just like I was one of the first people on the poker to do so. You're ahead of the curve. But what most people do is they want to watch it from the sidelines. They want to watch it become successful, want to see the social proof, the test testing of the model, and then once everybody's in the marketplace, then they join, yeah. and it's too late. too late to the party, and the opportunity's gone. So do people make did people make money buying Bitcoin at the beginning, or when it was all over the internet a couple of years ago, all over Facebook, and people are diving in at whatever, it got up to like 15 or whatever it was so you want to time things at the bottom and they call that the early adopter stage we remember the dot-com millionaires people that got in the bottom floor of uh, microsoft dell people that get in the bottom floor of uber facebook bitcoin and so the world's moving towards the elimination of inventory models and the elimination of brick and mortar models you're seeing it happen where did blockbuster go where did circuit city go where did sears toys r us and and look at uber uber is a no inventory model right so they don't have a large taxi cab fleet. They have a technology, their technology company, even though they have individual business owners running inside their business, they use they create an app, right? It's an idea and technology leverage that business that couldn't traditionally have done before. Same thing was happening, you look at Toys R Us as a brick and mortar model compared to Amazon, right? Selling the same toy, but Toys R Us asked their customer to get out in the car, drive down to the store, take the same, or go out in the snow, the sleet, the rain, the heat, the risk, People cutting them off on the highway, walk into the store, take extra time, go check out, and they're still asking you to pay more for the toy. That is why they're going out of business, and Amazon's taking over the world. So if you want to figure out where the world's going, if you're in an industry that's an inventory model or brick-and-mortar model, guys, you need to stop and pivot and look for the same business inside the world industry that you're in, but that's moving towards cloud-based technology or internet-leverage business or social media-leverage business models, because that's where you're going to kind of find opportunities today is, is how I see it.
0: Oh, yeah. There's no question. Um, yeah, there's no question that technology and the ability to get away from inventory brick and mortar and that kind of model is is dated. Uh, and, and there are going to be lots of people that need to transition. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens to, to industries across, uh, across America. So we, we get to this point, you dive into technology, you become the number one site, you start wholesaling deals, you do 30 deals that first year, you see there's more opportunities, you move to flipping, you move up the chain. But still, you know, maybe until you get to notes, it's, it's all active, right? You we, really, we don't really have multiple streams back to your earlier, um, you know, your earlier points wanting multiple income streams and passive. So how do you transition from, I don't know, well rewarded work to multiple streams of income and, and some passive income?
1: All right. So, so guys, you got to realize that you, as you work for active income or, or, or transactional income, what we mean is you're trading your time, energy and resources to get paid once and only once where passive income or, or residual income streams and cash flow we call it is you're trading your time, energy, and resources once, but you're getting paid and rewarded for that work over and over and over in the future. And what you can do is you can layer those. And because we don't have unlimited time in our, in our lives and we, we can only have so much energy and resources. It's very, very tough to have personal success or, or active income success on a high level. Those big goals that you have when a child, if you want to make a million dollars a year, guys, you can't do it just, just wholesaling or flipping houses or unless you're in a really high average sales price market, and even then cost of living is much, much higher. So are you really making that type of money? And so you have to leverage yourself through assets and equity, but um, I guess the easiest way to understand it is also that as you have active income, as income goes up, consumption goes up. Mm-hmm. So you go from 50 grand to 100 grand, 200 grand a year, But what most people do, you see this with doctors, attorneys, and people that have high incomes, they spend it because they're keeping up with the Joneses. They're not thinking like an investor and reinvesting that money. So if you're not using your money to make money and using money to spend money and have fun, you're never going to hit your goals. You're just going to always stay kind of where you're at. And what happens is with active income guys is you go up 50 grand, 100 grand, 200 grand cap. You try to go up flat, flat, and you keep hitting the ceiling because you keep convincing yourself that you're going to go out there and put... Some type of system in place, put in a new uh, CRM or transfer, or, you know, do something, add a new technology, which can help scale a little bit. But what happens is you cap, and and that's what causes the burnout feeling. That so you're going up like a like an athlete. You have a really good breakout year, another good year, and then one year you have a peak year, and then you never have an income go higher than that peak year. So say you made 100 grand this year, 200 grand next year, 300 grand next year, and then you made 250 next year. What that does is It frustrates the entrepreneur. It creates that burnout, that frustration, anxiety. Plus there's inconsistencies with active income. We all know what it's like to be a real estate agent, sell six houses this month, one the next month, five the next month, zero the next month. And that fluctuation and inconsistency of of guessing where your income's coming from, when's the next deal coming? Am I ever going to get another deal? And a lot of y'all are feeling that right now. Am I ever going to find my first deal? And then how big is the deal going to be? That's what creates that stress and anxiety. What, What creates comfort and protection and security is the layering of equity and layering of cash flow on top of each other. So, the easiest way to understand for, for uh, active versus passive is let's say a wholesaler or a real estate agent finds a house. They go do the transactional deal. They make a commission one time or they make a, a, a sale one time. They make 10 grand. Whereas the investor, a landlord or, or note buyer or, or, or a note creator, note investor, takes that same house. Closes on it, fixes up, finance out, has 40 grand equity, is making 300, 400 dollars a month cash flow for the entirety of their career as they're getting tax advantages of appreciation, writing off depreciation, having principal pay down, building up equity in the asset, as well as they're creating cash flow every month through the liabilities they own to to have the property versus what they're renting it for. That spread in between, so it's a difference in thought process, and the sooner you can start focusing on passive and not active, the more you're going to make and the better life you're going to have because there's a massive difference between making quarter million dollars a year trading 80 hours a week to get it like a lot of entrepreneurs are doing versus a quarter million dollars a year having 365 days a year to do what you want with your friends and your family, and your loved ones.
0: Yeah, there's, there's no question, right? We, you, we met in an event, you know, my story, right? The whole one rental at a time thing. And that, that's exactly what it was, right? I traded my hours in my high stress, high travel job. But we played good defense, as I call it, lived below our means, and we invested every nickel in, in the real estate uh, rentals, right? right? One rent at a time. And now, you know, after 15 years, so it wasn't overnight, that's the one thing about buy and hold is it takes a while to layer on the, you know, the hundreds of dollars over and over and over and over again. Um, yeah, you get to that point where, yeah, you wake up and you go, well, bills are covered. What are we going to do today, honey? You know, so it's, it, it, it's absolutely possible, so
1: and it's, it's an absolute necessity though you guys you have to have a combination of both active and passive because you can't just like he just said you don't just go straight from zero to passive it doesn't yeah. happen no so the way i explain it is flip a house keep a house over on the agent side sell a house add an agent leveraging through teams and assets so you the two common ways that people really create wealth in real estate are leveraging themselves through rental prop, uh, portfolios if you have 50 houses over here and you don't uh, do a deal this month you can still pay your mortgage still pay your liabilities. Over here as an agent, if you don't sell houses this month, but you're building and leveraging yourself through a team, which everybody should have a team in real estate, that's my opinion. If, they sell th- if you have 30 people selling houses and you don't sell houses this month, you're still okay. And so the easiest way to look at this, is, guys, is you figure out your total liabilities to live your life. Everybody's a little bit different. Say it's $5,712 to live your, live your life. After you traded enough active income to cover 5712 when you hit $5,713, 100% of your effort should be only to your residual income streams and you pivot because that's your your active income covers, your cost to run your business, live your life, and your passive income, you're working for your future and your freedom.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And it's amazing. Um, I have this discussion. I call it, what's your monthly nut? You, know, you can call it whatever you want, right? That's the $5,712. I ask people all the time. I go, what is your monthly nut? I don't know. I'm like, ooh, we got to have a problem, right? Because if you don't know what you spend every month, it, you know, that's just not okay, right? And then you know, if you happen to know, I usually get a round number. I like how you said 5,712. It's going to be something like that. It's not five grand. It's not 2,500. It's not 10 grand. It's some, it's some number that's not round like that. That's just not how life works, people. Go get serious. And then what you need to ask yourself is, what do you really need to live each month? And then what do you want? Because need and want are vastly different. And if you want to be financially free, um, that need number is is lower than the want number. So you need to ask yourself some hard questions. You need to talk with your significant other and get on the same page. Would you agree?
1: Absolutely. And you guys need to throw that word want out of your vocabulary. And the, another way to phrase it, you know, similar is life doesn't give you what you want. You get what you deserve. And people, I think, way underestimate what it takes to build a business. Um, they, they watching all these get rich quick schemes and guys, real estate is not a get rich quick scheme. It's a get rich business. And it's going to take time to do it, but don't be so entitled to think you're just going to hop in and make a million dollars this year, because that's what a lot of these people are pitching you. They're pitching you the dream. It doesn't work that way. You know, what happens is they're creating a false narrative and a false story for these individuals when they jump in the business. And when we have a vision and a story that we've written for our life and the book of our life, and we have all these goals and we start going this direction, And all of a sudden we pit and it goes this direction and we thought we're going to be here when when we're actually here. That's what causes that frustration. It causes people to quit. And and so I just I like to tell people this and give them just a good thought process to hold deep when you're starting your business. Because we see the attrition rate in real estate or any business very, very is very, very high. People quit too soon. And if you're not willing to commit to three to five years of working very, very hard, 60 plus hours a week, you guys are very unlikely to pull off a successful business. And a lot of these people come from the job world trading time for checks and they go to school and they go to college and they go to college for four to six years and they borrow hundreds of thousands of dollars to come out in debt to trade their goals and dreams to someone else's goals and dreams. So they're helping someone else's business grow for a two thousand dollars a week. And it blows my mind how many people will go and start a business because they get frustrated in the job world where they're trading um, time for checks and they want to go build a business. And then they jump out there and they try for three to six months and they say, wow, this is tough. And they, they give up. Guys, if you're going to quit within the first year of your business, this is the same thing as going to college and dropping out of college your freshman year. And you haven't even gone through the education process. You haven't even p- created the skill sets to run a business. And if you're going to quit your first year, don't even get into business, guys. In fact, if you're going to quit at all, don't start a business because you should start and work all day every day until you're successful. And that's, that's how it is. If you're going to quit, don't don't start a business. It's just it's just not for you.
0: Yeah, that's you know another thing I try to drill on people because you know like you, I get I don't know. You probably get hundreds of people a week. I get dozens of people a week that want to talk and sort of say, you know, how'd you do it? But what's your story, kind of stuff. And I try to figure out what their why is, right? Because I need to know what what they're going to anchor on. This business is going to test you. Uh, you are going to have bad days. I'm sorry, right? That's just what happens when running a business. And Um, if your why is not strong enough, that first, or maybe you're tough, the second one is going to kick you on your ass. You're going to sit down and cry like a little baby and you're going to just crawl away. And then what happens is you've, you've lost all these hours. You probably spent some money and you call it not successful. Well, real estate investing is a business that works. It's proven by hundreds and thousands of people every year. What's not, what, what, what happened in your case is you let a bad day get in your way. Your why was not strong enough. Right. Right. I would tell you, if you don't know your why and you can't tell people what your why is, don't start it. You're not ready. Right. Because bad days come. And when, when they happen in the first year, they feel like insurmountable. Right. You're just, you just, oh, I can't get over it. And then when you've done it for three or four years like us, it's like, oh, it's like a three second phone call. Okay. Do this, do this, do that. Move on.
1: Right. Right. So, so, so what they don't understand is, guys, write this down. Emotion management. This is very important for a business owner. And most people are not out there talking about it because if you can't handle your emotions, you will never scale a business because what happens is everybody goes out there. They all have an HVAC go out. They all have a tenant that stops paying and, and, it, and it hurts and then they feel the pain of themselves they're the one up at midnight in their room alone saying poor me this is why am i so cursed why does this always happen to me this only happens to me but it's happening to everybody there's two different psychologies behind this you have a positive side of the emotional spectrum and the negative side of the emotional spectrum and you choose to think the thoughts that you want to think that you want to think and your internal thoughts reflect your external environment and what happens out in the world and your success and so here's, here's why I push this so hard because you have two sides of the business, the functionality of the business, the generating the leads, the buyers, the sellers, the financing, but you also have this uh, the, the mindset side of things that, that builds the foundation of an entrepreneur, the self-development, the understanding how to bounce back quickly because everybody gets knocked down, but who bounces up the fastest builds the most successful business. And also people do business with who they know, like, and trust. And if you're not a likable person and you're bringing negative energy to you, people will just naturally, naturally be repelled. And so if you, have let's say a contractor steal from you today you go out to your property you're super pumped you had a twenty thirty thousand dollar margin and all of a sudden you just lost half that because a contractor ripped you off somehow you have two choices you can play the pity party like he was talking about and you can go this direction or you can just say it is what it is here's a three second phone call let me get back to you know just problem solving those who solve the most problems the fastest in their business make the most money we're professional problem solvers but it's also the compound effect of where that negative energy goes and where it flows. Because if, if I, this is what happens to a lot of people, you know, they, they, they have something bad happen and they, then they're driving home and someone cuts them off on the highway. They flip them off and they cause that person to have a bad day. And then they go home and their wife walks up and they, they they give her the cold shoulder or the dog comes up or their kids come up and they kick the dog out and say, not now, you know, and they take the negative energy and they transfer it to the next person. And this is why it, it just circulates through society as compared to having active choice and controlled choice to say, okay, I'm not gonna let this affect me. I had the same um, result as somebody else, but I'm not going to have the same outcome going forward. And now you take that positive energy. And when your employee comes up, instead of saying, John, not right now, I'm busy. Say, John, how can I help you? How can I help solve your problem? Even though the world's melting down in your life around you. And and guys, I can't tell you how many times I got the world's ending phone call right before I walked on stage to speak in front of 500 people. And if you can't shift that, that, that the way that you're feeling and shift your state, you are not going to be successful long-term. Yeah, so I would think about it. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah no, I was going to say, think about it. Yeah, where your yeah. energy is going to go after yeah. you have that bad.
0: Yeah, I would tell you be equally um, emotion management on the upside, right? Because one of the things, and, and this sort of has gone unsaid, but I'll just say it right. Emotion management in poker is probably a big deal. Maybe not as big in, on online because they can't see you, uh, but playing at the tables, is emotion management has to be a big deal. Uh, my day job before I left was, was selling million-dollar software deals. And if you don't, if, if, that's stressful, right? One no away and you know, multiple yeses. and you know, It's hard work, right? So uh, one of the things that, that I had to learn very early on was emotion management both on good and bad days, right? The most successful people I worked with and managed, and when I say successful, I meant year in and year out, right? Anybody can have one lucky year are the people that didn't, ha- their up days were about as good as their down days, right? It was right. that kind of, you know, yeah, maybe they're happy they they landed an eight-figure deal, but, you know, they're off working on the next one. They're already looking ahead. So don't, don't only think emotion management applies to the negative. Don't get so excited you burn out on that one day you close a flip and put 50K in your bank um, because those sugar highs are, are, can be pain- just equally painful.
1: I love it. Absolutely. yeah, guys. don't get too late and don't get too frustrated. It's just stay even keeled, be results oriented and just, just put forward, you should be going so fast that you shouldn't even uh, have time to enjoy it or shouldn't have time to, to put, uh, you know, have the pity party. You should just be creating yeah. a wake behind you that you should have your head tucked down, working so hard that you pick up in three years from now and you're like, holy crap, is this, yeah. I just created
0: this. Yeah.
1: And, and if you're having too much time to reflect, you're not living in the future.
0: You, know, I, so you I need to, yep. Yeah.
1: Yeah, you got to hold that goal and vision in front of you because it's when you think forward in creation and thinking about goals and visions, and this is why we have it, we're, we're always thinking forward how to progress, and you only have so many thoughts a day, and so if your thoughts are focused on the future, you stay content and happy, and you're moving forward, but when you start to dwell on the present moment and the past, you start thinking about past experiences, memories are created by uh, powerful emotions, and what happens is you actually start remembering these negative things that happened to you, and you actually start feeling the way you did when that, ha- when that happened and it'll pull you back down. So you stay in the future and not the present and the past. And that's how you're going to, to kind of uh, navigate through life as a business owner and be successful.
0: Yeah, I love that idea of that wake. It's just the, the, the good or bad should just become another you know thing, right? The real estate business is a numbers game and a people's business. We've talked about your network and growing and all of that. Uh, you know, The good days come, right? When you put in the work that good days come, you shouldn't let those be those shouldn't be the outliers, right? They should just come ticking by as you move forward. So uh, great stuff, Connor. Uh, I am curious, now that we sort of look at who you are now, um, you don't have to give us any actual numbers, but why don't you give us a feeling for the layers of your cake, right? That, you said that was really important to you, multiple income streams, and there was nothing passive. So it's been five years, maybe six. What, is, what, is, what does that stack look like for Connor?
1: Right, so it's, it's weird you say that. I actually put a video out today on our Investor Army YouTube channel talking about 10 different income streams that we've created just from, from nice. YouTube, right? So I set out to have 10 different income streams because if you go out there and do the studies, the average multimillionaire, you hear what? Have seven income streams. I don't know where that came from. Somebody probably wrote a famous book, but it, it's, just, it's just a common number out there. But guys, here's how you gotta look at multiple streams of income. If you've never worked for multiple streams of income, and if you think you're having trouble creating one successful income, guys, It is is not that big of a shift to go to multiple streams of income. So if you have, I explain like this, if this is your financial future and this is a lake and there's fish swimming around in the lake, while those fish swim around, you can feed yourself, provide for yourself and feed your family. If you have one river flowing to that lake, lake to feed that up and that river dries up, what happens to those fish? They die, right? You cannot provide for yourself. That's what happened to me. Even though I was making a lot of money overnight, it disappeared and I was too young and too naive to not know that good things don't last forever. So if you have multiple streams of income, multiple rivers flowing to that lake and two or three of those rivers dry up and you have 10 of them, you can still provide for yourself and still those fish are still swimming. And so some of the ways we monetize our YouTube channel, you know, we have, uh, you know, people, partners want to come to us, uh, money partners, partners that want to do deals with us. We have deal flow coming to us. We have um, just a basic AdSense on the channel that we get paid for. We're building an email list through which we sell products to uh, low price point products or affiliate sales. Of other people's products you can get sponsorships um, Quest IRA, which we, we all know Quincy you know he, they sponsor our podcast and so you guys you're gonna have just like television shows you're gonna have people if you build a large enough audience people want to instead of going through and building a brand and building the audience they'll want to get in front of your audience and they'll pay you to do so. you're gonna get paid to go to events people will fly you out there and, and, and fly you out to speak at events you can do what we call a business uh, to business bridge, man, where let's say you have a business and someone else has a business and you two want to know each other's business because your businesses are symbiotic and you'll make a lot of money together, but you don't know how to find that person. If you can connect those two people, a lot of times I'm, I'm the, the what's in between the pieces of bread and the sandwich and I'm connecting them. And so there's just a lot of different ways you can leverage technology and the internet and YouTube, which we're on right now. And just to prove to you, YouTube works or podcasting works, you're listening to us right now, Right. So, um, and then in the investing world, you know, rentals and notes. And then obviously, what I'm doing right now at the XP Realty is probably my favorite thing I've, I've ever done because um, it's an ability to leverage a team to build assetless, riskless, debt free cash flow. And we have uh, Glenn Sanford created an amazing company. He's an incredible individual. And guys, you're going to hear a lot about Glenn Sanford coming forward. <clears throat> he created the biggest batch brokerage model, in my opinion, has ever been created. And he took the commonalities of what built giant corporations. And kept the best talent at these big corporations, which was, which was stock ownership and vesting periods. And they call it the golden handcuffs. Companies give you stock ownership because they want to keep you there and they're going to give you the gold, they're going to give you some stock awards, but they're going to handcuff you to the company for a predetermined amount of years called a vesting period. And this is how they keep the brightest talent there so the other companies don't poach them away. And then he went out there into the real estate world uh, and he, he basically worked in, um, I think he helped build some of the technology or worked at uh, AOL back in the day. And he took the common out, he took his internet marketing background and was one of the first people in the country, from what I understand, to generate internet leads using Google Pay-Per-Click, And he was at a great company called Keller Williams. And a lot of reasons that Keller Williams grew so fast, one of the good, uh, one of the reasons that company took off, a lot of people will tell you is their seven tier profit share model, which allowed multiple streams of income as a broker, as a, a real estate agent. They could now build teams within teams. They have a seven tiered, uh, seven level profit sharing model, from what I understand. And as you attract agents, they can come into those teams, and when they sell houses, you're going to split in the profit. So, Glenn modeled that and created a similar model, but they're doing revenue share off the top. And so, the companies eliminated massive overhead. So, they created three income stream cloud based broker, just changed the way agents being compensated. They're giving a stock ownership. You guys can go check out our stock ticker symbol, EXPI. And then, what they did was they created a team building model, a revenue share model that allows us to split in the revenue and build teams without the risk of being a broker. He took technology and created the first cloud-based brokerage. It's now the fastest growing brokerage in the United States history. And so I've been able to build a team across the country now just under 200 agents in the past little over a year. And it's just been an incredible opportunity. So that's where I'm focused right now is uh, is doing these things, staying on the internet, um, staying on video. And what you're doing right now is, is so important, guys. If you're not on video going forward, you're going to be kind of left behind. And if you're not using technology to leverage your business, a lot of people are saying, well, I don't want to use technology. It's confusing. I have, to, I have a learning curve to it guys, your competition is going to not say that they're going to learn it. And even if you're in the technology space and you're spending a ton of money and time researching in today's best technology, three to five years from now that t- technology is going to be outdated. So you have to stay constantly on the front edge pulse of what's happening and stay, stay ahead of the the masses. If, if that, if that makes sense.
0: Oh, no, no question. So I, I, I'm curious on this answer because you, you, uh, you move faster than 99% of the people I've ever met, which is, which is fun. It's always fun to be in that circle of influence, even if it's only for a half hour, uh, you get this, you get this energy or juice. Where, where do you, do you, do you even think like this? Maybe do have you do you know where you want to be or what, what does three to five years out look like for Connor?
1: Absolutely. So, so guys, you're going to have to have, when it comes to goal setting, you need to have your, your today goals your to-do this today, your short-term goals, your mid-term goals, your long-term goals, and your lifetime goals. And you need to have them for every area of your life, not just finances, but you need to have your wealth goals, your faith goals, your relationship goals, your community goals, um, your health goals, and they all go hand in hand. If you're not healthy, how can you produce, how can you create the energy to run a business? If you don't have respect and, and, and um, belief around you from those and your loved ones around you, they will pull you back down, they will destroy your goals and, and, and you won't have the ability to get past those gatekeepers or what we call crab theory, where people pull you down to back to their level. Because people don't like you. When you guys go out there, just let, I'm just letting you know, as you become successful, people are going to try to pull you down. They don't want you to win because when you try, when you go out there and win, you make them feel uncomfortable about themselves because you're producing at such a high level. You're changing your life. You're chasing your goals and you're, and you're making the sacrifices. And they're not willing to do that. But what you're doing at the same time is you're shining a mirror on them, making them reflect on their own life, making them feel like, what am I doing with my life? Why am I not doing things? So what happens is naturally um, the sphere of influence around you will try to pull you back down to the, to the temperature that they're at. So just be prepared, prepared for that. Um, But yeah, so so I've got uh, big goals, you know, um, obviously, you know, financial freedom goals as far as monthly cash flow goals, asset goals, um, how many people I can uh, uh, help through my investor army channel. So so a lot of people don't realize one of the reasons I did it was I got so I hit rock bottom so hard and was such a bad experience for me for so many years that I vividly remember on my hands and knees saying, God, if you ever help me get out of this situation, I'm going to help as many people as I can for the rest of my life, replicate and duplicate my success. And that's partly why I created Investor Army. And that's why I give it all up for free. It's because I think anybody willing to uh, work really hard, dedicate and sacrifice 60 to 100 hours a week and for as long as it takes to build a business, they shouldn't be limited by financial limitations to get that knowledge and wisdom. And so I said, I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to let their heart take them where they, it wants to take them. And so that's part of, part of why I did it. Um, so, so I have goals to help, uh, X amount of people, um, as well as, uh, selfish goals for myself, as well as my own income goals. But, um, it's, it's, it's no longer about the money. Um, and you're going to realize this too, with what you're doing, it's going to be more but as you, as you kind of s- fix your goals financially, then you start to realize, you know, who you really are and, and. It's those letters that come in, it's those texts and those emails saying, Thank you for helping me. You know, what you did taught me how to avoid the $20,000 loss on a business, or those letters coming in with teardrops on saying, You changed my life. And those are what keep me motivated and and keep me pushing forward.
0: That's awesome. Um, So I always close the show by turning it over to the guest. Um, You know, if somebody watching this is excited by everything you have, how would, you know, obviously tell them about Investor Army, EXP, you know, how can they learn more about Connor? Because you have an amazing story and you are such a wealth of knowledge.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, like, as you know, as an investor, it's very, very tough to help people um, into your investing business or certain businesses. It's very tough to just take on partners and partners and bring them in. And so the the good thing, a lot of people uh, are coming all across the country to work with me now at XP Really, they get to work with me live every week. We're, we're on mastermind and training. I'm day to day in their business. I'm meeting with their team members. And so now people can actually work with me every single week. And so a lot of people are reaching out to do so. So our team's scaling across the country. And then... Um, and to, to find me, guys, go over, going over to Investor Army, if you like what we're doing over there, uh, like the channel, share it around, help us grow, help us help more people, as well as uh, like this channel right here. You know, guys, if these individuals are out there giving you free information, you should help them share the channel. You know, go ahead and share their videos around, because the more people um, that can get this information, the more people can be helped. Because it, it used to be about, you know, um, access to knowledge and ideas, you know, years ago was what made you successful. Now everybody has um, access to the same knowledge and information. It's more about work ethic. But if they don't have the right channels and the right people to follow, and and there's a lot of people out there in the space that are, they're providing bad information and you want to make sure that people are getting to the right information. So if you have 10 different channels that you like, share them to your friends and and help them. Because what happens if talking about energy and and way things connect, if you share a channel with someone and they watch the video to help their business, who do you think they're going to go back to and want to work with and give benefit to? Because you were the one that introduced them to this great idea or this channel that had a great idea and that, and that could create a re- relationship with you. And as we all know, the, are the, the power of our relationships is equivalent to the income that we bring in or, uh, or the, there's that saying that your net worth is equivalent to your net worth. So it's a good relationship building tool to, to kind of share other people's knowledge and wisdom if you haven't created it on your own. And then when you have it on your own, now you share your own knowledge and wisdom.
0: Oh, that's that's a great way to wrap this up, Connor. This is uh, this has been everything I thought it would. I set a high bar right when we started. You jumped over it with ease in your street shoes, <laughs> not even stretched. It's been it's been an awesome show, man. I appreciate all your time. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no, I'm grateful for what you're doing, and you know, guys, it takes a lot of uh, courage to do what he's doing and, and get out there, and it also takes. A lot of time to get where he's at, and so support this channel, share it around, like it, subscribe to it if you haven't done it. It is free. Go ahead and click the subscribe button. Help him grow. Help him help more people. And then and then head on it. Uh, head on over to my channel if you want to. It's called Investor Army. And uh, yeah, guys, if you if you want to reach out to me, I'm I'm pretty cool. You know, as long as you're not bugging me all the time, I'm here to help any way I can. So uh, my contact information is out there on InvestorArmy.com.
0: Very cool, Connor. Thanks for the thanks for the time. Yeah, yeah. Appreciate you.